And I am here to host a very, very, very special edition of JSR. I was about to say GSR. Why was I about to say GSR? I don't know, child. Alphabets um, matter. All alphabets matter. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Mr. Jeremy Lee Turner is here on the couch in the hot seat today. Uh, it feels kind of weird, and I have to say that you know, um, being on this side of the table, this side of the couch—no, it's just side of the table—it's um, different. And I am open and welcoming the experience that comes from being interviewed. Normally, I'm on the other side. So, who is Jeremy Lee? Turner. It feels like deja vu. So there <laughs> I <wonder> is <laughs> there, uh, Jeremy Lee Turner. He is um, a serial serial entrepreneur. He is a visionary. Uh, he is an influencer. He is a a server, a provider. He loves to uplift other individuals uh, to always uh, ensure that they are operating in their best state. I'm I'm all those things and just you know and more and I'm learning more talents about myself as time progresses you know as you age and shit and yes I'm gonna cuss um, as you age and stuff shit so you know things <laughs> I felt weird being PG um, you know you learn things about yourself um, and as a Capricorn from Chicago born and raised you know West Side of Philadelphia born and raised. I'm not a rapper, guys. So I just like to imitate people. So um, <laughs> we'll get into that too. You we'll guys. get into that a little later, I guess. Sure, um, but yeah, I am all those things and more. Um, but that's and I'm a tech guru, tech nerd. Like that is my core. I love technology, and I love Marvel, DC. I love comics. Um, I love anything that resembles that of a superhero. And uh, pretty pretty sure I'm going to get sniped for that from um, an interviewer. The conversationalist. Ooh, the conversationalist. Special edition. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, we have drinks here, sponsored by any radio station. I'm any radio station. So we're going to get into that too. <laughs> we're gonna get into that too. We're going to get into that too. Cheers to you. This is we have. Cheers to you. This I mean, seems even though this is, you know, deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> we took a toast earlier. Several. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, how do you meet any brothers, any sisters? Where do you fall? If you do, where are you in that? So, I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger sister. Um, I'm 35. So, that puts her at 33. Um, Shout out to my family, though, being uh, one of the epicenters of my life. Um, being a support group and supporting me through support is important. The support is important in in every fashion, as long as it's pure with its intents. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind a, a good support system. 
or a even if it is a business arrangement, as long as it is a person that you um, you know you connect with, they have to have as just as much to lose as you do, right? Or and, more, or more. And so, like you, you always want to assess that when you inter- evaluate your interactions and relationships, as they have to be able to say, <clears throat> or you can recognize that they have as just as much to lose as you do. I say you kind of plotting their downfall or anything like that. Right, it's just right, more right, so right. just acknowledging and recognizing the situation we're in. Right. They have just as much to lose, so you value those those relationships more than someone that's just like, oh, you know, he's an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't have the same pool or uh, value to you. One of my biggest mantras that I live by is paying it for it. You know, being able to take a situation in which I went through, learning the various experiences. Good or bad, Absolutely. and then sharing that knowledge uh, with someone that is without, that's absent of that knowledge, right. and allowing Absolutely. them to grow in whatever form or any whatever way that looks like for them. Um, so, like always, that's, that's why it's important to have that circle around of people around you that mm-hmm. you know people you guys can learn from each other, different fields, different industries, but scenarios may similar be similar to each other, or a scenario a person went through in this industry. Um, may not have gone this through this same scenario or a similar scenario at all. And, you know, they're in your circle. You can learn from them. Right. And you can mentor each other in a way and what's, what's best, what's the best route to go in. Because not everyone is versed in everything that happens on this planet. It's kind of sort of like um, my grandma would say, my great-grandmother, rather, would say something to the fact of... Uh, when if you have somebody that you are working with and you're growing up with um, who's a friend right. um, and you get to a point uh, where you um, have elevated and your friend is not as elevated as you are or you reach back and you help build your friend up and the idea is so y'all keep building together right and to help each other up the mountain. Exactly. Um, and and I think that that if we as humans could actually realize that if we help each other more than we cut each other down, we could all be so much further in life, I think. So. Well, I, I agree with you, but we're going to be more specific uh, with your reference. The African-American community should look at that concept more closely mm-hmm. and adopt it into the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, there so you are would different, say, not to cut you off, but you would say other communities have adapted that? Different communities, you can say, if you want to, on a more micro scale, you can say different communities, mm-hmm. uh, different races, um, Hispanic or just Caucasian, they've adopted that concept, that mm-hmm. they live by that concept of just, you know, helping each other out. Like, you know, we we often at times as African Americans have to work harder because for several reasons because of the racial divide that's in this that's still you know in 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 this culture that we that we live in the climate we live in and then two the so fact internal and external absolutely okay. internally as African Americans um, we're so used to being uh, oppressed and. Uh, just like we don't want to share anything because we we feel like it'd be taken from us, like you know during slavery a lot of family members were separated, um, and we wanted to hold on to things as long as we could because 
we feel like it could be taken from us at any moment. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it was always important for us to um, to hold on to information, uh, not snitching. Mm -hmm. Like all those things came from uh, being oppressed as yes. an African-American. And um, it's been ingrained in our culture now. And we have to move away from it and recognize where the problem started and how we can pivot and move away from it so we can start helping each other more often. So let me ask you this. With those of uh, our listeners and viewers that don't know, that may not know, what oppressed means. Mm. Could you give us a general definition of what oppressed means? Uh, oppressed being um, an individual that was deprived of uh, normal um, free rights, rights that were supposed to be made for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, the Constitution mm -hmm. being one of the staple documents um, that's supposed to be equal for everybody as far as rights, um, being deprived of, starved of rights, um, not being able Damn to, you did. <laughs> um, not being able to function as a citizen of the country that you live in, um, being um, rights that that are supposed to be open for everyone, mm -hmm. not having those same privileges mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and watching people like put you, push you down, put you down. Mm -hmm. I think that's for me what uh, oppressed looks like in America, especially in America. And granted, this happens all over the world being mm -hmm. oppressed. Just clearly the Holocaust. So there's different moments, fixed right. moments in time right. where their oppression has occurred. Right. And it's, it's up to us to recognize when it happens. Right, right, but also right. because we were on the subject of African-Americans right. um, being oppressed and then us not lifting each other up because we we're trying to hold on, which has been in, for generations ingrained in us to hold on to something. We have to recognize that and do better at how we lift, not only lift how other people up. How is that done? Um, because there are as you as you mentioned, there are different people who are oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. So how is that done, though? On um, I guess a simplistic level, if you could, if you would be able to explain what. That well, it's like. it's several things can happen because I mean we all have been taught initial things when we we're little by our parents or grandparents or just generations of you know knowledge that was passed down, and then we come to twenty twenty three. And recognize that that doesn't apply, mm -hmm. that doesn't work. Like that, that was that was maybe created um, to help them get through their era, their period. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't apply in this era that we're in right now. Um, education is uh, education, and just being woke. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it it helps. It, that helps with that whole mm -hmm. issue where we have where people are not lifting each other up. There, are people feel like I don't want to share information. People are gonna steal it from me. Um, that 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 more selfish mentality. I use that very lightly and ignorant mentality, and I use that lightly too because I know how it is within our race. The word ignorant is a trigger word. I, I noticed. Um, ignorant, ignorant right. is definitely the the one that should be triggered by you because that you know, they're making a mockery right. uh, of you. Um, but ignorant is simply means just not knowing, knowing. And, and there's knowledge. nothing wrong with that. You just don't um, know. What what whatever the topic is, you know, whatever right, it is, you right, just don't know right. what the the information that allows you to be privy mm -hmm. to that topic. So, um, I think education is one, and I think education. that uh, one. 
one thing in our community was going to say that. Yeah, one thing in our community is education. That we, um, I know our older generations definitely value education. Uh, they was like, you know, and granted, you know, telling people to go to college, telling the grandchildren, um, their sons, daughters, et cetera, nephews, nieces, go to college, get your education. And it's twofold. Education doesn't mean an institution. Education means being open to the idea of learning what it is the world has to offer and applying it to your life specifically. That's what education is. Now that's and I, I say that because I'm I, I went to college and I uh, got my associate's master. I'm sorry, associate's bachelor and master's in that order, of course. And um, I thought that path of education was the path. Like you have to go to school get your education and apply it to the world that we live in. And the fact, the truth is y'all like granted, I, you know, education is, it, it is getting an education, making it more specific is definitely important, but the institution process is not for everyone. And I say that as a person that has their master's in information technology management and uh, even though um, technology is the focal point of my life, um, there are elements of technology which I thought that I was going to use because I had a path for myself that I projected onto myself that this is what I want to do. And life just life. Let life be life in. You know, things happen in life where you feel right. like, yes, <laughs> right in the good. Right in the good. Like, like real shit. Like, life be life in. And, you know, I had like this whole vision for myself and ran into a whole issue mm-hmm. uh, involving another person. And it changed the whole trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. And I no longer had the same privileges or was uh, privy to the same things that I, I once thought I had mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I became more disconnected because of life events. Mm-hmm. And with with those things that come and go in your life, you just, be, the the key thing is being able to, it's how you handle it, right? Like shit happens to everybody, but it's how we manage it. And so, um, what, but with all that being said, like education is important. If you want to go through the educational experience, have that, that, that uh, connection mm-hmm. to an institution. If you feel like that's what grounds you by all means, baby, do that. However, <clears throat> I do uh, get sick of people saying that, you got to go and get an education. That's that that mentality mm-hmm. is old school in the sense of an institution does not define one's education. Because life is a university. Absolutely, absolutely. Life is you just never a graduate. <laughs> you, you graduate. You definitely graduate. But I feel like um, at least if you're one person um, that you thinks count this that as a graduation, hmm? you count that as a graduation. But which part is a graduation? I want to say life. Um, is the university, but you don't graduate. What you you never go to your own graduation. Everyone else does. You graduate. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Think about that. The circle of life, the cycle of life. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Damn. Everyone shows up, wow. and I and in a sense, a funeral is everyone's graduation. That's your graduation because that's when you stop learning. That's when oh. you stop learning. Oh shit. <laughs> Hold on. Let me give you some pause. 
Your funeral is your funeral. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. I want people, uh, I, want, I really want people to understand that. And, and I, actually, that was, that was on the fly. And, 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 but, like, literally, I thought that this is what you were saying, but, like, when you break it down, though, simplistically speaking, damn. Yeah, you're learning okay, to the day you I, die. You learn to the day you die, and that's when you graduate. So, as long as you're open to learning... Well, that shit gonna go viral. <laughs> <laughs> you're learning to the day you die. And unless you choose specifically to close yourself off and stop learning in this process, this journey we call life, yeah. essentially you're dying well before your actual graduation. You're, you're, you won't even graduate. You're choosing to drop out of life because you choose to stop learning. And the moment you do that... Mm. Life is going to get real complicated for you. Mm, well, damn. Hold on. Actually, this is more important. So, <laughs> damn. So, we're here, you all. We're still here. Um, I'm your boy, RJ, and I am interviewing. Um, excuse me. I'm having a conversation. He's a conversationist. I'm having a conversation with. The normal host of this show, Mr. Jeremy Lee Turner. Yes. Go ahead, everybody. Go yes, ahead make some, make it, make it, just another, make another sound effect. Um, that's that, that's that, 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 that's where he ever clap. I am dead. I just dropped some nuggets, some chicken nuggets, some chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-mm. Like, like the no, ones you make at home, like fresh, mm-hmm. so, like so some not, with, with breadcrumbs and things. Place. Well, we're not gonna mention no names from the, any of the communities. No I, don't, I don't want nobody over here uh, trying to get attack me for their chicken nugget style. But right. Um, so let me let me let me ask you this. Let's go ahead and move the conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Just a I'm gonna pour bit. myself another shot because the bartender's not here. Right. Um, <laughs> so let's fast forward to how we met. Do you remember cocktail masters? No, no, no before no. then. Look at you. Look at no, Uncle Paul. Was, Look at Uncle Paul. No, no, no. I had to think about that. No, I had to think about that. Um, it wasn't Cocktail Masters. It was for a political campaign. Is somebody here? Okay. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, y'all, if y'all don't know, I'm real scary. It is not because, like, I'm scary in the sense of, like, you know, I'll be queening out. Yes, I'm gay. I'll be queening out. Um, but <laughs> but it's more so along the lines of it's more so along the lines of like if I hear noises if I I'm if I see people looking a certain way if they look more than two seconds what is going on what y'all staring do I need to get up like I'll just be ready because I, I I ain't got time to be with one of them people he didn't if it, if he just waited if, I, if he just left five seconds earlier uh-uh, I'm gonna be the one that be leaving before everybody else you ain't gotta worry about me. So, <laughs> I am fucking dead. I am fucking dead. <laughs> Do you even remember the question? How we met? So, um, political event. Uh, Brittany, what's her last name? Brittany V. Verdell. Br- yeah, Br- see, I, I said, I said Brittany V. Yep, I said Brittany V. Mm-hmm. So, um, she was having. Shout out to Brittany. Shout out to Brittany. Uh, she, um, she was having an event here at the. The uh, business business lounge Dallas business lounge Dallas business Stewie. lounge Dallas Brian so <laughs> um, business lounge Dallas 
um, she 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 wanted to have her. She was running for. Um, ooh, she was running for public office. Pu- yes, public office, but it was more specific. But we'll leave it at public office. You want me? You want me to tell you? I mean, clearly you want to chime in. And you're just letting me hang here. Texas House of Representatives. The specifics involved. House of Representatives. And, and RJ, sure, you you did great. So RJ was representing her as far as like putting everything together. Campaign manager? No, I am not the campaign. I'm communications director. Okay, see, the, the specifics. I just know what no, my role is. No, no, no. There was a campaign manager. <laughs> communication director. Brandon. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, shout and out I, shout out to Brandon. Um, I was uh, one of the vendors that was uh, selected for bartending. <laughs> I made the worst decision of my life. <laughs> I'm not editing. I'm not going to edit that out, but just let, just to let everyone know that's a lie. Um, <laughs> that's how we met um, for for that event, and you know I made some drinks. I had to make some um, makeshift drinks, but I'm as a mixologist. That's one of the things that you, picture face. There's visuals for this episode. Picture face. Oh, I know there's visuals <laughs> for this episode. Um, I had to make uh, some makeshift drinks, and you know I was proud of myself. Those moments are. Believe it or not, um, as a mixologist, um, one of my proudest moments is being able to take make something out of nothing, mm-hmm. uh, especially when there is the demand to do so. Like people are anticipating drinks, mm-hmm. you, they don't know that you know what happened behind the scenes happened. They just know that we're here for an, you know to feel a certain way by you know ingesting alcohol, mm-hmm. and so um, you just have to make it happen any way possible. Mm-hmm. So you take what you have. Make lemons make lemonade, like you uh, know, real lemonade. More than fifteen percent. No shade to any company. But I'm staring. Ain't, at, ain't nobody. <laughs> I'm staring at them, but I'm not going to say it. But um, <laughs> but yes, no, like um, just being able to make something out of nothing, and I, and I think that's what I take pride in: being a science major, um, being a mixologist, mm-hmm. taking components. And making something out of nothing. So, but yes, that's 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 the the story of how we met initially, and then you know. I guess it's pretty mm, accurate. Allegedly. Are you able to fill in what year Alleg- that was? Allegedly, there was no alleged. There's no allegedly. a word in that one. That, what I said. Go ahead with your year, and let's move on with an, uh, another another question. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Another 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 question, please. Okay, so 13-year-old Jeremy. The nerdiest little boy you Who ever met. The nerdiest the nerdiest little boy that you will ever meet. For multiple reasons. Um back then I was I think we're always in a process where we're look we're evolving and looking for ways to rediscover, redefine ourselves. Even though I didn't think I knew what that fully was back then, but 13-year-old Jeremy was in the midst of a divorce, not because I was divorcing another person. Um not at You know, different cultures, different things. Um, whatever folks uh, you Jigga, you're black. Hold on. Bruh. So, <laughs> so um, the... The household was going the house, and I say this specifically. The household was going through a divorce, 
you know, divorces are, especially when the kids are involved, when there are Absolutely. kids involved, um, it doesn't just affect the parents. Um, it affects everyone in the household. And it, not even there. It affects the immediate and extended families as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also created a... That's um, true. It created a rift between um, me and my other siblings. I was um, anti-dad for multiple reasons. Um, the main reason being... Um, he assaulted me uh, while I was uh, in that age group. Uh, I think it might have been 12. But um, I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I'm a big superhero fan. And I love superheroes and th- what, what they represent, not only to me, but what they represent in, in, in the eyes of society. And um, when I was assaulted by my dad, um, I lost my superhero. The what the, def- the pure definition of being, you know, he was my super- he was a superman of the house. No, the dad that, you know, he, he took care of the, the family and um, I lost all confidence in him when that happened. And um, during the divorce, it showed the good, the good, bad and ugly of uh, what happens to a family starting off in the beginning and uh, starting off all bad. You just cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just 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 going through straight darkness. Um, being divided, like I said, with my siblings, um, having a divorce decree, having a child lawyer um, hired for $10,000 just for us, the three of us, to manage our emotions, to have a voice in the divorce, um, oh, wow. and having a, wow. a divorce decree that stated that we have to go share custody every two weeks to go over our dad's house on weekends until we're 17 and three quarters. 17 and three quarters, specifically by the court. The court mandated this. Um, so just imagine like your life living in a sub- suburban um, setting and the court is dictating, you know, oh, well, even though you hate your dad or you have issues with your dad, you still have to go over there every two weeks until you're 17 and three quarters. Or, and or you have a project related to school and you have education always have to come first. So I always found a way, I always found education as my comfort uh, for getting out of those scenarios because my dad and I used to feud so bad. I never had my own room when he got his own place out there uh, on the west suburbs of Chicago, um, Bolingbrook more specifically, Naperville, Bolingbrook area. Uh, Excuse me. Um, My brother and sister, they shared a room in the two-bedroom apartment that he ended up getting but I never had a space to be able to just be my to to myself, as I um, I felt like I did at my mom's house. And so, every two weeks when I went over there, um, initially, I was uh, I felt very uncomfortable, and we would uncomfortable meet at your dad's at my dad's house, and we would always always get into it to the point to where I could now I was counting down the moments until mom picked us up. Um. Eventually, when I got past the 17 and three quarter stage, I did not have to go over there anymore. And I was ecstatic. I was happy. They said, but that's your dad. I don't give a shit. I did not want to be there. I was depressed over there. Leaving, like going, just just knowing that when it comes to that Friday, when you get out of school and thinking that as a normal kid, you have two days to just be joyous before you get back to this shit, going, doing homework and dealing with teachers and like, but I would rather be in school. I felt like I said, I can't wait to get to school so I don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. That's, that was how 
defeated I felt during those moments. And so, um, yeah, my dad and I were very strange for multiple years and the power of therapy allowed me to forgive uh, the transgressions regarding assault um, and just move on with my life because I was anchored to that. I was channeling, still tapping into that anger and uh, it was tainting my the, my, out, my outlook on life. And so, um, yeah, the shout out to therapy. Thanks, shout out to my therapist for being able to help me uh, work past that. So, speaking of therapy, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's important for black people, y'all. Definitely. Um, I mean, for every race, but... Specifically, because in our community, um, it is kind of shunned, if you would... Um, and it's kind of so looked at like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to see a crazy doc. You know, I'm not going to go, um, you ain't going to talk me out of nothing. Well, so and I'm glad you said it like that because you see how your verbiage was just in that last statement. You're not going to talk me out of nothing. Mm-hmm. That is the older generation. Mm-hmm. They feel that therapy, which stig- that's, that's a stigma, that what, ha- what goes on in this house Stays in this house, and so this motherfucker house. Okay, and so that therapy stigmatized us because it's like we cannot talk about our problems outside the home, right. and it's it's mainly again going back to that mentality of being oppressed, like holding on to something mm-hmm. that because we feel like something's gonna be it's gonna be taken away from us. So whether whether it's DCFS or no, I'm sorry, Department Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, you know them taken away from the, the black family mm-hmm. uh, or just a fear of being judged mm-hmm. um, by uh, neighbors or people that they may know affiliate affiliation with mm-hmm. um, they were like no what happens in this house stays in this house and if you tell somebody that's gonna be your ass essentially yes literally it would be your ass getting the ass whooping so um I think well, it's pretty universal across the culture. Yes, it is. And I think, you know, just being in, <laughs> walking in the store as a little kid and don't you embarrass me because if you embarrass and me. No ass- so let me ask you a question, Jim. Okay. When did you create your first big tech whatever? Like, did you build a robot? Did you start programming something like when did you when was the big like ah, yeah I can do this shit so I um, I've always been a visionary as far as uh, a tech mogul mogul Stewie I sound like Stewie <laughs> expert Brian a <laughs> um, tech mogul um, and so like not only have I always uh, try to learn the ins and outs of the technology computers more specifically mm-hmm. the uh, always been a tree science major tech major um, it started with the the windows 98 first edition computer the uh, e-machines that my my parents bought from best buy it was Definitely my sandbox for my gateway into this realm of information technology. Um, just intrigued by this little box that was supposed to be able to advance our lives, to forward our lives in the sense to make it better. In some cases, making it worse, but um, but for in general, for the better. But the 
the era where we had the 56 k dial-up speeds, um, having 16... And when you think about it, that's real slow. Extremely. Imagine trying to download anything at that fixed speed, uh, having 16 AOL usernames because you want to continue that 30-day free trial for the rest of your life. And my, your parents not shout wanting to pay AOL. for it. Yeah, shout out to AOL. <laughs> and everything they represent as far as today. Uh, and uh, being on that tangent of of trying to learn fast, move fast, but just to wait. What's the phrase that you guys use in the entertainment realm? You you it's hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. That's what it was like with the fifty six k dollar speech. It was a hurry up and wait situation. Wait, wait, hold on, just a second. You just say you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll come back I'm to the that. younger acting one. But you say you guys. You're in the entertainment industry now? Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I, we'll I don't that. see that, but yeah, sure. We'll get into that. Um, yeah, just being the uh, the individual that was always uh, impressed by the trajectory of technology, mm-hmm. being the one that was always educating yeah. everyone in the family, 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 uh, friends of family, friends of myself and then you know various associates just being that educator i've always been a mentor slash educator one that pays it forward mm-hmm. anything you, i learn you learn uh mm-hmm. if you if you're willing to learn it i will teach you right um that's always been my mantra um pay it for it but um yes it started with that that was my my break breakout role if you will um and uh from there um, I, you know, I always looked at, I always treated technology as a, as a hobby, a side hobby. She was a side piece. And I, I, I was always intrigued because science, again, science is one of my loves in my life as well. Um, that's why mixology is such a big thing for me, but science was my major. And so I was always intrigued by the shows like ER house, but house is my favorite medical show mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. ER second for me. I love mm-hmm. both of them, but. House and I think ooh, this is a good. This is a great segue. A great. Well, no, we're gonna stay on the same topic, but just looking at personalities that resemble mine. House, house. Oh my god, he was so witty, and I saw a lot of myself. He was an okay. He was an asshole. He was literally an asshole. Cutty shot. Case in point. <laughs> Case in point. And, um, like, I, I loved it. Before I even knew that I was an asshole, I was like an asshole in training because... Let me just go ahead and just, for the people that are out there, he is very much so an asshole with a capital A. A real Capricorn over here. So, as in myself. Case in point. January 1st, for those that want to uh, Instagram me. So, um... <laughs> Uh, House was my all-time favorite show mm-hmm. um, in the medical realm. And it was mainly because for, for multiple reasons. One, it was, I love the fact that there was an individual that was playing a character mm-hmm. that was able to be just this genius mm-hmm. and see outside of, like, remove himself and see something that other people don't see mm-hmm. from a perspective. And then being having the most unorthodox, uh, unconventional approach to solving the problem, breaking a lot of rules or bending the shit out of them, mainly breaking them. But um, but it was like he was right. At the end of the day, it was like he was right. And the moments that he was wrong, 
it was another situation that was brewing that, you know, that kind of blindsided everyone. Uh, whether it was it was his own mental mental and physical ailments uh, illnesses that was clouding his judgment, uh, his fixation on um, certain drugs that he would take, Vicodin. I'm a, I'm a real um, fan of that show. Shout out to Cuddy. Um, but um, Lisa Austin. Hmm. Lisa Austin. Oh, I I never knew her real name. Shout out to her because I'm in the entertainment industry, so I should know things now. Yeah. Do you, um, Do you know who at least uh, the actor is who played House? Mm, I do, but it's not coming to mind right now because of alcohol. So, um, <laughs> okay. but he has like, so he plays an American actor in that show, mm-hmm. but he has a, a unique accent because uh, mm-hmm. he's British, Canadian, British. It's British. Yes, British. Ah, yes. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I love that show for, for because of that. He was he played that role uh, in, in for his character and um, just being able to uh, have people that just look up to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though he did not necessarily, and you saw the growth of his character, um, he did not like working on a team. Like he was always a loner and there was something I could relate to as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always a loner and I was always rooting for house. Mm-hmm. Even when he was wrong, I was like, you got to figure this out because that's how I talk to myself. Yeah. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like my mistake should be one that other people need to worry about or mm. burden themselves with. And so when I saw uh, his character go through that struggle mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes uh, putting him in really, really shitty positions mm-hmm. because he just felt like I have to fix this mm-hmm. or this is my case. This is my project. Or even if it wasn't his project or his case, he was intrigued by the complexity because he was avoiding certain elements in his own life. And that's something that I definitely, as an adult man now, back then I wasn't an adult. Um, but as a grown man now, I absolutely um, distract myself with other people's problems. The Superman complex is what I call it. So, um, you, you spoke about um, being a mixologist and science and loving science. Uh, let's talk about that. Um, did you ever do anything with loving science? Like, so um, science and technology, or just science? Just science specifically. Um, so, uh, so it's the way I look at it is that it, you, when you go through life, like life is not always structured as we predicted, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you never know what skill set you're going to end up picking up. Uh, whether it's through education mm-hmm. um, or just through university of life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, be, but the, I think the, the best part, which I've learned at this age of 35, just now this year mm-hmm. um, that in 2023, that it is uh, something that I was able to merge many attributes from science, technology, um, being someone that is, introduced into entertainment, just my personality mm-hmm. and how it assimilates all into one. Um, just, just it's, I can't even describe it. I still have not processed that all the way through, but just being able to take all those elements and seeing how the, how they are working together. And it's different from when you go to school, you learn stuff that you know that you're probably never going to mm-hmm. use. It's a whole different element. These are life lessons. Calculus for me. Yeah, it's everything that's math related for me. And um, how is that when science requires math? 
So when in fact I got kicked out of school because I um, thought that I thought that they were uh, it was synonymous like oh if you're good at math you're good at science I'm good at science you're good at math yeah no it, I learned very quickly yes I got kicked out that um, or was put on academic suspension from the school that um, yes it's they are they favor each other there's elements in both of them um, that allow them to be great but um, ultimately it comes down to just knowing yourself um, and then like you know as you grow so you just some some things you continue to vibe with and have an interest in and some things it just it stops clicking and the that's part of life the 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 problem is when people try to hold on to something that they don't need to hold on to anymore just let it go just let the as Keisha Cole said let, let it go, go. <laughs> let it go so let, let's talk about um who Jeremy is as an entrepreneur. So let's talk about some of the businesses that you have created. Ooh, that's a loaded question because I, I am a serial entrepreneur, uh, a serious serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, one of those entrepreneurs, that's, you know, um, as all entrepreneurs go through, they have to go through the crucible or that journey of recognizing when help is needed, right? Mm -hmm. Starting off something, you don't always need to have someone there. But as you grow and evolve and have a vision and you want to obtain or reach that, that, that next goal, the milestone in your business, you have to have a team. Mm -hmm. But uh, starting off with the question, or to answer your question rather, um, started off with a tech business. Uh, it was tech power initially, uh, when I was in uh, high school through college, it was called Tech Power, <laughs> and then you know, I and it was definitely a DBA situation, sole proprietor situation. Um, and you know, I I didn't know any of those intricacies, uh, LLCs, uh, S corps. You can't be looking over there. I told you, dude. I just glanced over there. All I know is something could be popping off over there. I'll flip this table over. Sir, you ain't got to worry about that. Okay, okay, <laughs> really serious, real quick. So, um, <laughs> I, um, I as an entrepreneur, is, I think this is a um, scary movie. Mm -hmm. As an as an entrepreneur, <laughs> um, recognizing when you need when when there's a, a call to action, which is asking for help, for expansion, for growth. Mm -hmm. um, tech, teach me technology is what Tech Power ascended into. Uh, developing personal relationships or developing a connection between um, consumers and technology. That's the, being that bridge. That's what teaching to teach me technology was. And I felt like it was essential. It still is essential. Um, the, the great thing about our current generation, and I'm going to say generation Z into alpha. There's an alpha now, y'all. They ran out of letters. They went to alpha. Um, Which is made up of letters. Huh? Which is made up of letters. Sure. And so um, they they transit. They're a part of this uh, Internet period where if they want to learn something, they have access to the Internet. And not saying that my generation, the millennials, we definitely did. We're, we're the essentially we were the generation that fully accepted the new technology for the, the, the time period in which it was. Um, but the model that I had for teaching technology was became antiquated. Because um, it was more so focused on everyone learning the same way. But then as an entrepreneur, you grow, you evolve, you adapt. Um, and Corona actually taught us that for, for many reasons on multiple different uh, wavelengths. But like um, 
teach me technology was based on training people um, online or traditionally, but generally everyone can just go online and just look up the information that I'm bringing people. Not saying I'm not special, but just saying like the younger generation didn't have a use for teach me technology. Um, so, um, teach me technology. Realistically, most of my clients that I have now are of the older generation, baby boomers or generation X are most of my clients. Um, then we have, um, born out of Corona quarantine life was, um, inebriation station. That is the mixology or the, uh, bartending business, mobile bartending business that I own that, uh, brings the party to you. Like, you know, a lot of people were afraid of contact with other individuals, especially individuals in a public setting that required uh, people being close or just, you know, doing their normal thing that humans do and when they're having a good time. But being part of the era where coronavirus was a thing and people were afraid of losing, not necessarily, well, younger generation not being as afraid of losing themselves or as far as um health wise getting into those type of complications but um being connected to family members that are more likely to be affected by corona system symptoms and or just passing away because their body can't handle it mm-hmm. um so i you know i birthed if that's the word birthed birthed um inebriation station and inebriation station was the answer to the to that that dilemma where people were afraid to party in public settings. They wanted to be able to do things on their own or have a party, a proper party or whatever, and not having to worry about the outside, you know, contaminating their, their circle of friends or family. So we talked about, um, how we met, right? How do we get to this point right now? How how did you and I, how did we get here? So, uh, me being a producer for uh, the podcast. So, um, it's been multiple, as I pointed out earlier, fixed points that change the trajectory of any relationship about that. Um, uh, specifically, uh, we got here because I host a, um, a game show type of event. It's not a... It's not a bartending service. It's it's not a game show. It's it's not a networking event. It's all three, and it's called Cocktail Masters. And if you want to look compare it against compare it compare it against, we'll look it out. Compare it against any type of show that's on um, Food Network, or like the cooking shows. Um, even if you want to reference American Idol, um, it, it favors a lot of those uh, a lot of those elements. And just being able to have a live studio audience, mm-hmm. being able to have uh, six competing uh, contestants where they are competing to have the best drink, uh, making it to the final round and being known as the cocktail so master. So when you say they're competitors, it's six competitors and not, because um, they compete in pairs. Yeah, so there's team captains, rather. Um, and they are, are able to either just bring a friend with them that will be their, their co-captain or pick someone from the audience where they're able to um, serve as, you know, their co-captain or just their assistant. If they if one, I think the, the a good part of Cocktail Masters is um, when the team captain or the group in general is able to recognize 
um, the strengths and weaknesses that they mm-hmm. both possess. Mm-hmm. And one might be better at speaking because you have to present your drink, the judge on the presentation, taste, and just general knowledge. And when you, uh, as the team captain, you know, you might be the one that's better at making drinks. And then your co-captain, your partner in crime, is better at just um, presenting the drink as far as the verbiage that's behind it and why we created this and things like that. Whatever the case may be, Cocktail Master is a whole experience. And I definitely encourage anyone that's in the Dallas area to come to one of our one of our events that we throw here at the Business Lounge Dallas. And, you know, we're definitely growing. We're out. We're, we're growing uh, to where um, the Business Lounge eventually won't be the 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 space for it because you know due to good things because there's more people coming and different themes require different types of spaces so like definitely if you are in town mm-hmm. and we have one come through for sure and they can find out more information about that where you can follow uh, cocktail masters official on Instagram and where is that one more time cocktail Instagram cocktail masters official all right so back to the question. Uh, how do we get to this point with me producing this? So, R- yeah, that's right. RJ was actually in the uh, live audience when one of the cocktail master events. I mean, we we met prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go back there? Or? No, I mean, you brought it back. Let's go. Okay. Not flip it back. Um, <laughs> throw it back. Missy Ellie said it. Throw it back. Yep. Um, he was in the live studio audience. He was talking. Uh, he was obser- observing just what cocktail was giving. Cocktail master was giving. He was supposed to be there with uh, Brittany, and um, Brittany couldn't make it, but RJ still showed up. And um, he was just observing just the the overall concept of how how the show was ran, and uh, you know, because he's part of the entertainment realm or whatever. You'll learn more in a different podcast. But um, he. You know, he saw the vision and he was able to um, see where I wanted to go with it and wanted to be part of that journey. And so um, he's been, you know, very supportive, just being able to um, provide insight from the entertainment realm and from where it is now to where it could be and where it will be here in the very near future. Um, with not only his help, but the, the people that he's affiliated with and the, the various connections we made with. Uh, on the podcast show here, um, and the people it's definitely like has been a catalyst to some some great things, some very great connections. Um, the podcast here, so shout out to everyone that's been invited onto the podcast or just known about the podcast and supporting the various ones that they have. Right. Shout out to them, um, and you'll meet them here in the coming episodes. You'll meet those people that I'm referencing, oh, sure. and then. Um, JSR, as far as JSR is concerned, I, I, it's, it's a spinoff of Inebriation Station. It's, it's coming because it is sponsored by Inebriation Station, my mixology. And it goes back to just what we were talking about earlier, how everything comes together. Mm-hmm. The technology piece, like how I brought, I, I made the room, you know, I built the room out uh, with the computer, putting the certain software on there. Um, learning about the mix board, how to program the mix board, the sound mm-hmm, buttons, mm-hmm, um, knowing the capabilities of our cameras that we're using, um, like the technology piece, mm-hmm. and then being able to bring in the mixology piece, the science piece, just creating new drinks for people, setting the vibe. I'm naturally a host. So like all those elements came together for the podcast. I think that's why it makes 
the podcasting thing for me so seamless and natural because mm-hmm. I'm literally three times over in my element. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it's nothing for me. So let's talk about something because we did something earlier today. Right, we did a lot of things earlier. We, we, yeah, specifically, we did the promo shoot. <laughs> yes, today. we did a promo shoot. For we did JSR. the promo shoot for JSR today. Um, let's talk about that. From the the thought of doing a promo shoot, right? Um, I know that it was a level of uncomfortability for you, absolutely, um, because it was outside your room. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it was because um, most, so the podcasts that we do here on JSR Media, um, they're not scripted. So like you'll see when I do my podcast and even when RJ right now is doing his podcast, it's all about actively listening, Mm -hmm. finding a pinpoint, pinpointing something, a topic, a, a word, a phrase, and then like allowing that to be your next focal point in mm-hmm. the in the next opportunity in which you speak. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. It's not structured in the, to the sense of like we have a script and we're reading it and everything. It's it's not like that. It's more so on, along the lines of um the for me the uncomfortability was because it was a script. And um I I'm like, okay, well, how am I supposed to like relay these words that are put on this piece of paper? How am I supposed to connect with the audience? Make it seem like you was over there doing Shakespeare or some stuff. Thank you. Well, I mean, no, (laughs) sure. Um, It was, it was, it was harder to connect because um, my personality shines here on the Mm -hmm. podcast, right? And so, like, I don't have that. My personality is not scripted. Mm -hmm. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. If you like me, cool. Fuck you if you don't. But like, it's more so right. <laughs> along the lines of the um, there was in a set expectation. Like we need to have it like this. This is the what the verbs, the words we're gonna use. Not saying that alterations or modifications weren't welcomed. Mm-hmm. It was like it seemed very scripted. I'm not used to scripted things, and so it made I think it. You really was in your head. I was in my head. A lot. And I'm like, am I overdoing this? Do I step this way? Do I breathe? Like, I'm, as a Capricorn, and I can just go beyond just saying a Capricorn and make it more personal to me. I overthink things all the fucking time. I've missed so many opportunities. All the fucking time. Can you say it on my please? It'll all be the fucking time. It's about to be muted. Um, I overthink a lot of things, um, whether it's because of my past and things that I've not fully mm-hmm. worked through and just afraid of losing mm-hmm. something or being oppressed by something or um, which the bigger one is um, not having control. Mm-hmm. Control issues is what I have. Uh-huh. And so um, when I feel like I'm in a position to where I may be embarrassing myself, that means I don't have control of the situation. Mm-hmm. And so during the shoot for the promo shoot for this uh, podcast earlier, I definitely felt that um there were two individuals that they were there for my best interest. You and uh, Jasan, shout out to Jasan. Um, um, you guys were there for my best interest, but like, I also felt like there was, I didn't fully feel like I was in control. And so that, that, that clearly visibly mm-hmm. and uh, physically bothered me. 
um, because I didn't know how to step. I didn't know how to speak in certain elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, literally, I just had to just trust the process, relax, and take direction from the individuals in the room that had talent to guide me in the direction I needed to be in order for me to complete the shoot. We got through it. It was long and hard. It was long and hard. Whole nine hours it took us to film and shoot. Um, it was because nine hours. It was nine hours. That's nine like somebody hours. in labor, child. Well, that's what it damn yet felt like. It was an immediate but labor. You had the opportunity to 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 jump in front of of the camera, for instance. Um, um, but in essence, you've already been on camera, right? Um, but it felt different. Why yes. do you think that is? Control. Because you're in front of it and not behind it? I'm not the one orchestrating the show. Mm. So with Cocktail Masters or any events that I'm hosting where I am having camera presence, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's also the EP. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm the one pulling... Say, I don't like this, do this, do this, and, and that. Mm-hmm. And it's weird when I'm the one being interviewed. It's weird when I'm the one that's being in front of the camera and telling, like, okay, show your personality, but say this. Okay, well, that's, uh, it's, there's a script involved. I can be myself, but I need to know. I, I need time to kind of process that. I mm-hmm. think that was the... The, the the elongated time. So you had the script three days before. It was only three days before for one. Two. Um. <laughs> Try getting the words to get getting sides on your way to set and having to have it memorized. And the elongated set time. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is uh, I'm this, these are elements I'm not used to, mm-hmm. and it put me outside my comfort zone. Case in point, and um, I think the better transition for this conversation would be, oftentimes in life we're we're not going to have the control of those type of elements. Mm-hmm. We're going to be put into uncomfortable positions, mm-hmm. and it is literally okay with I, with the notion idea be comfortable. With being uncomfortable, right. because life is always going to present challenges. Life is always going to be able to throw you a gotcha, bitch. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, bitch. And <laughs> it's, it's always going to be one of those. It, situ- be it was it was the Spider Man for me, and so uh, the web crawling for me. Um, it's going to always present itself in in that manner, mm-hmm. and it's not what you go through; it's how you handle it. Because we're all going to go through shit. Mm-hmm. Always, all of us are going to go through our various levels of tribulations. Um, just uh, adversities, um, setbacks, oppression. We're gonna all go through that. It's a matter. It's it's gonna be a matter of how we handle that. That's what's gonna keep us true to ourselves and test us to see right. if we're ready for that next level. I think that that's the the thing about being uncomfortable. It actually gives you a sense of substance um, and appreciation for things. Um, the the struggles. Um, the valleys, the lows, the triumphs—all of those things—it allows you to appreciate them. Absolutely. Um, when you go through it, you have to uh, the notion to aspire to something else. Absolutely. Um, aspire the greater, um, greater finances, greater uh, living situations, greater in my romance, right? Um, greater with being a parent, greater with being a son, a brother. Um, so it it's definitely gives you substance, I believe. Absolutely. So what's 
Um, next for Jeremy, what's next? <laughs> the evolution of the podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about that. The podcast. So the Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the podcast. So like, how did it is, start? So, JSR, what is JSR? Where is, what is JSR? <laughs> I'm sick of that question. <laughs> what I, is JSR? Only because it's, there's a background story to it. Um, right, JSR, we'll tell you about it later. Yes. Watch sure. the behind the scenes. Yes, watch the behind the scenes. BTS. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> JSR, Jiggasay Radio. Um, Jigga. <laughs> it contains Jiggas. Um, <laughs> Jiggas being, and this is something I didn't explain in the uh, shoot so much. You have to. Uh, is movers and shakers. Jiggas right. being a mover and shaker. So as a mixologist, I have a, a jigger that I use to pour um, liquid, whatever the was vodka, whatever liqueur, liquor and liqueur into the actual drink. You pour that into a little apparatus. It looks like a, um, it's not a pendulum. It's the, you know, a little hourglass, hourglass. It looks like an hourglass. You pour the liquid into it based on this ounces and into the actual drink or shaker, and then you shake it. So a jigga is an, a, an injection into society. Mm. They they offer. Where like you put that injection? Mm-hmm. They offer. I just on the spot. Just came up with that. They are they in their their unique cocktail. The concoction is injected into society, and we. As JSR Media, we want to interview these individuals, mm-hmm. have a conversation with these individuals mm-hmm. rather, um, about how they impact the world mm-hmm. and what people can take away from that conversation, whether it is um, vicariously or someone that is looking to elevate themselves in that the specific field that they are in. Mm-hmm. Like JSR Media, we, we talk about you. We talk about you. JSR Radio. JSR. JSR Radio? JSR no, JSR Media. Media. JSR Media? Oh, okay. Jigaset Radio. We don't say Jigaset. We don't say JSR Radio because the R is already in the JSR. That okay, means radio. I just wanted so to go ahead and orchestrate that. He, yeah, just for, for people that, you know, for future reference, you yeah. come on the show as a guest, make sure you just say JSR Media or Jigaset Radio just works better. Just say Jigaset Radio. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that, that bothers me so much. But um, but yes, but that, that's the, the premise of JSR mm-hmm. is just being able to interview individuals, connect with individuals, mm-hmm. have a conversation with individuals as, we're, as if we're just already friends or kikiing mm-hmm. um, and just hoping that a, a little nugget just falls out from their, their hair, their weave. Whatever apparatus they put on their hair to pay, whatever they put on their hair, just just it just falls out. They just work on it. They just they just they just spew something out that someone else can be like, hey, I can use that. I'll take that for myself. That's it's pouring into somebody else. Yes, yeah, pouring into someone else. What one thing I'm going to always I'm going to continue saying throughout this the the series is um, your negative experience, your experience in general will pour into someone else, right? And so that just follows my mantra of paying it forward, always being able to pay it forward, mm. being able to uh, connect with individuals um, on a level that you would never, ever thought you would be able to because you um, did not think that what you went through, someone else would care about hearing about. So yeah, JSR premise, that's the reason why we're here and we're going to keep pushing forward. That's the That's what... I look forward to, and then the evolution of cocktail masters that we, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, we have a social influencer edition coming mm-hmm. up, um, and that's going to definitely be. I anticipate being a, one of our 
largest audiences and um yeah. just it's gonna be pretty big it's gonna be pretty big pretty and so excited. and we there's have, they got to get on it yeah definitely we and uh we're gonna have to unpin that and just move forward in a positive trajectory right. with that. yeah for sure for sure for sure for sure so where do you go after you've had enough of being in the limelight. Where do you go? Um, it doesn't have to be actual. It can be if you step away mentally. That's out of a bottle. I'm kidding. <laughs> Clearly. Halfway through one right now. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Bottle Um No. <laughs> Drinking is just uh, a social activity for me. I don't have to have a drink to um be present um i love water no let me guess water but bigger than that is i love traveling mm. traveling helps me reset and not only that's be- odd because i recall inviting you on a cruise that you didn't want to go on i, I like have water. been on three cruises and i've came to the conclusion that a cruise is just a delayed vacation the real vacation starts when you get to the actual destination. Duh. So for me, I'd rather just fly there. I have and shout out to the crews that are out there. And, and not saying I would never get back on one. It's just that Boring. I prefer to just fly somewhere. And Boring. then okay, think about it. Uh think millennials is out there connect with me real quick. <laughs> um, you get like a two G signal on the cruise. Like, yes, you're not supposed to be on your phone. But how am I supposed to post to Instagram if I'm not having a signal? You're supposed to be fucking enjoying. See, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with your generation now. I'm sorry, how old are you? That's what's wrong with your generation now. So displugged. I don't think that's the word he actually wanted. It's just a combination of two words that actually came out in this one. So, um, yeah, no, I would rather just, you know, just get there. Anyway, so traveling uh, does so many things for me. I can't uh, and I'm actually it. working myself back back into it because side note, it's important to have boundaries. Mm. Boundaries on multiple levels with friends, families, uh, work, and um, relating it, tying it back into your question for disconnecting from the limelight and then just entrepreneurship in general. Mm. Um, you have to be able to recognize what that boundary looks like for you mm. and being consistent and brave. And courageous enough to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Because yes, you know, things are gonna happen while the big wig is in, in town. Well while it's out of town, you know, things happen. And it's not always in your control, but what you can control is your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And um work life balance and as an entrepreneur, and they're like, Oh, that's a contradiction. No, it it is achievable, mm-hmm. but it looks different for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Not not no two people are no two entrepreneurs have the same work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um and so for me, I have to be able to have that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, traveling does that for me. It's the culture, the different cultures, not only just countries, but cities. Um, no, I said it wrong. <laughs> cultures, not, not only of just the cities, but the countries, um, the continents, et cetera. Like taking that bits of that culture, this bits of that culture, and you know, assimilating it into my life. Mm-hmm. That's what I enjoy about 
traveling mm-hmm. and being able to see the different landscapes. Uh, I'm a big mountain to water to land ratio person. Mm-hmm. So California is ideal for me uh, or anything that has the same set type of setup. Mm-hmm. I love mountains. I love water more. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you put me in there around water, that, that soothes me. And so that's how I reset. That's how I'm able mm-hmm. to kind of step away and then kind of mm-hmm. like walk back into the situation. Like, all right, good. What's going on, y'all? Like, how, what, what we need to do? What's mm-hmm. our next task? Can I give you a recharge? Yep, it's, it's a little ch- recharge. A recharge. Okay. So let's talk about um, the alphabet community. What about the plus community? <laughs> it's going to be a running joke throughout the for podcast. Sure, so for I'm just sure. Let you know right for now. sure. For sure, definitely. So let's talk about that. You are a member of the Plus community. I'm straight, bro. <laughs> straight gay. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I'm definitely part of the Plus community. Uh, proud to say that. I'm not in the closet. I'm not. I'm not coming for anyone that's in the closet. It's just saying that um, mm-hmm. I've been through that era where I felt like I had to be in the closet. I had to. Um, hide my identity mm-hmm. from not only my family but from the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was weird, but when I found like I found more solace from the world than my own family. Um, wow. Um, not saying that my family wasn't supportive, but like um, I was afraid mostly mm-hmm. to get that level of support from them. Mm-hmm. And my whole coming out story was very unique. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's it's unique because it's not everyone. No one else can probably say that they went through the same thing. I always enjoy hearing people's coming out stories because, you know, even though we have different uh, introductions to mm-hmm. that coming out life, mm-hmm. uh, they all, the emotions all equated to all or, or relatable rather. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, the, uh, Coming out story, just briefly, <clears throat> I lived in St. Louis for almost five years. Moved from Chicago to St. Louis to Dallas. In the St. Louis St. Louis era, I um, mom and my two siblings came to visit, mm-hmm. and they um, were wa- they were watching TV specifically Ellen DeGeneres. So shout out to Ellen, uh, the Ellen uh, the Ellen Show, and. Um, I was cooking for everyone in the kitchen and you know, I'm listening. I turned it up loud enough to where I could hear Ellen and the topics that she had and, you know, hearing her, you know, doing her little dance that she does. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom made a comment and she's probably going to deny to this, deny to this day for a reason. We'll get to it here in a second. But, you know, she said, you know, she's very funny. Um, you know, but why is she like, but, but, but why is she like the way she is? And I'm like, what do you, no, no, I'm hearing her have a general conversation in the front room, and I'm in the kitchen, and I'm chopping up a vegetable. I think it was a bell pepper, and I stopped mid mid chop, and I'm like, "What did this girl just say?" And I walk in there very casually with the knife, and I said, <laughs> "With the knife, the, <laughs> the, the dollars knife." Yeah, she from West Side of Chicago. She would have knocked that knife out of my hand and did a full reversal. Um, I said, "What did you say?" She said, I don't, she said, you know, I, I think she's a great person. I just don't understand why she, you know, the way she is. And I said, and what is, what is that? Now, granted, I, I was already gay, you know, based on the, anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I already identified myself as gay. Um, initially was a vicarious situation 
um, because I wasn't sure I felt guilty for being having those thoughts. That mm. was, you know, during an era where the divorce was uh, prevalent um, and uh, a couple of years had gone by. And since I was the man of the house, I didn't have anyone to turn to. Like I was supposed to always be on the strong tangent. And so talking about feelings would be a sign of weakness. And so um, going back to current day or current topic, rather, um, having being that person to um, have these feelings and being gay and not telling your family, it it makes you kind of a bit disconnected. They don't know the full version of you. They don't know the full you. And so when she made that comment, something in my gay spirit just kind of woke up and said, something's wrong. <laughs> Go check it out, girl. Go run over there and check it out. And so, so when I, I, I glided over there and I said, "Girl, what's happening?" Why you say? I didn't. I didn't know what a sachet was. So, sachet. Everyone said I have a switch. So you do. Get, get over it. So um, <laughs> I went over there and um, talked to her and asked her like, "What she meant by that?" And she was like, "You know, you know what she said." And I'm like, but what does her sexuality have to do with her core character and what she's portraying as a businesswoman on the show, right? And so, um, mom, so you're mom, talking about the sitcom and not the talk show. No, I'm talking about the, the talk show. Okay. Yeah, the talk show was definitely on and popping back then. Um, and so, um, she didn't have an answer per se. But um, after her, after she left and went back to Chicago, um, it it just resonated, bothered me, and it wasn't until I watched the Real World. Uh, I watched the Real World, and um, there was a season where there was a guy on there that was gay, and um, he had cool. It was the earlier seasons. I don't think all of them had a gay character. I'm just, I'm being um, <laughs> I can't remember his name specifically. I, if you asked me like a couple years ago, I remembered his name, but it's, it's escaping me in the more later years. Um, basically, he was 23 years old. Um, he had to have a blood transfusion and uh, the blood transfusion uh, because he got into an accident or something. Um, had to have a blood transfusion and um, his parents didn't know he was gay mm-hmm. and it, it was a problem because they um, the guy that he was dating at the time uh, was showed up at, showing up at the hospital parents came eventually and was like you know um, I don't know what's going on with my son I'm going to go in there and the guy that was there was like well I mean this this and that happened I'm like, how do you know? Oh, because I'm his boyfriend. Outing oh, him in that oh, moment. Wow. And so that was that one scene when I said, oh, my God. I do not want a situation where someone, one of my friends, out me wow. because of a medical crisis. Mm-hmm. So I decided at that very moment that I need to tell her. Mm-hmm. I need to tell and the, her and the rest of my family needs to be a strategic approach because I know that the rest of my my family have different levels or different views on mm-hmm. homosexuality mm-hmm. and all the forms that exist of it. S- same form. So, um, <laughs> um, so I decided to be brave enough to talk to her on the phone. I said, "Hey, remember that comment you made about Ellen?" Um, the reason why I was struck by it, the way I was was because I'm gay. 
it was some awkward silence. And then it was like, well, you know, the Bible says, you know, <laughs> typical knee jerk reaction that, you know, your parents typically have for your child that, you know, they, they're they concerned about the path they're going down. The second thing she brought up was HIV and AIDS. And where do you see this podcast going? Where would you like for it to go? I would love to see uh, JSR Media, the podcast, more specifically, according to your question. Two things, two goals. Oh, it's not going. It's not going. Two, two, two things I can see happening from this podcast. One, as we mentioned earlier briefly, um, individuals that are listening to the podcast as the podcast gains a popularity, they are digesting information and they're coming back for more. And I want to be able to give the listeners and the viewers um, that information, just being able to allow for them to kind of like check in obtain something from this podcast and then apply it, inject it directly into their lives to make their lives better. And for me, that feels like I'm paying it forward. So what um, is, um, what is um, JSR? Jigasat Radio. What is that to you? Um, JSR. Now, I mean, not, I mean, do you I hope you understand the way that I'm asking the question. What, what does it mean to me? No, what is it to you? Um, it is therapeutic um, on both sides. Uh, listening some, to someone explain their perspective mm-hmm. on what their industry, they're living in their industry. They're living in their, they're, on, they're in their own lane. Mm-hmm. And um, what that life looks like for them, and what lessons, the various lessons they've learned mm-hmm. in in that realm, mm-hmm. um, and just and then also being able to offer a level of outside perspectives mm-hmm. in audience reach, mm-hmm. just digitally being able to offer this this podcast to mm-hmm. individuals that's on Spotify, Apple podcast google podcast or the, whatever streaming platform you are cool, you, you got it together now. <laughs> shout out to other platforms um that the you say radio be on but like yes um being able to offer the this this streaming platform or this this the show being streamed streamed just streamed on those platforms, <laughs> reaching so many what different people. Stram streams, something, child. I'm an actor now, apparently. So, anyway. Speaking of which. Oh my gosh. Speaking of which. Um, no, I'm going to come back to that. Let me ask you this. How did you say, or what instance happened where you was like, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. So, what was that for you? What was that moment? Um, well, I went to, th- well, I'm in therapy mm-hmm. and I I saw the power of therapy and how it can literally change one's perspective on any detail in their life. Mm-hmm. And as a culture, as we discussed before, um, it's not necessarily uh, praised, mm-hmm. uh, or looked upon as a good thing to have mm-hmm. some, someone be a shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
What moment in time started the podcast specifically? Because I feel like you're asking something specific. Um, the, the the course of the show is, you know, led by a mixologist. The only podcast led by a mixologist. Um, so it's a spin In the world. In the world. The world. Try that for size. Did we fact check that? <laughs> I did a basic Google search and it covers 97% of my um, results. <laughs> Random fact, as an IT professional, um, these um, search engines are actually, when you search... <laughs> Dude, that was perfect. Go ahead. Wow. Oh, yeah, wow. Right? right? Um, search engines actually offer anywhere... It's not, it's not rolling anymore. I know. So it's weird. It's just, it's, it's just about habit. Only offer eight, like mic, to, right? 8 to 12% of the search results in the entire world. So when you t- when you think about Bing, when you think about Google, uh, Axe Jeeves. Um, oh, wow, I haven't heard that one in a while. Mm-hmm. When you think about um, what's the one that's anonymous? I forgot. It's not coming to me right now. Um, all of those actually only touch the surface as far as results. Uh, that's why multiple search engines are um, actually uh, preferred because they all pull from different sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google's the, the mantra, of course, but like you know, it's it's not. It doesn't hurt to pull from like the other ones because they only touch the surface as far as results. There's more in there. It's just not. It's not cataloged, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, you gotta use certain words to see it mm-hmm. uh, because of popularity, whatever the case may be. But um, it's always uh, best to search for multiple engines. Anyway, so that was a good tidbit to know. Yes. So, the nuggets. It's the golden nuggets for me. Um, Your question was JSR creation and the purpose and all that stuff. Um, I would just say this. uh, JSR definitely uh, was birthed out of a... Birthed. um, As a spinoff to an e-reaction station. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just being able to have the more one-on-one conversation with individuals that are, like I said, moving and shaking, doing the things in the world, in the realm, mm-hmm. in a sense where um, you have something that can convey, something to mm-hmm. say, something that can be picked up as a nugget or something for someone to digest and apply directly to their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but also too, like, I love a good, rich conversation. I hate small talk. It's a Capricorn. And um, it's fine. It's not moving. It's not recording, rather. Right, no, that was that was me doing that camera moment. Um, and but it was, the camera was also agreeing with me by shaking up and down. Um, sure. I, I so love a good that? enriching conversation, and um, I think JSR definitely promotes that by centering a lot of the topics, literally everything around one the person, the the guest. Mm-hmm. This is about you, so it feels like a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, conversation are important in many forms, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you uh, you mentioned that you, you see a therapist. Um, I see a therapist. I think that is important. We've established that we think that mental health is important. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Hell. Go ahead. You know you want to push it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Shout out to mental health. That is a very important thing for our African Afro-American community. So we, we know that when we go into uh, the offices of our therapists. Um, Virtually or physically. They both count. 
right? Absolutely. We know that we go in there and we have a conversation with our uh, therapist. And ourselves. For sure. Because you definitely... Oh, that, <laughs> that was too real for me. <laughs> to timing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back up. What you say? Right. So we, we have conversations with the therapist and ourselves. Um, and we come to several different realizations in that in that process uh, of having a conversation internally or external, right? right. So with that, would you say um, you've learned that you've found um, better answers in with the internal conversation or the external conversation, meaning the conversation with yourself or the conversation with your therapist? Both. Because um, there's an initiation point. So you can go to a therapist all day. Like, you know that whether you're paying for it or not, um, you know that there is that commitment that you make. But the the real commitment is not you showing up for therapy, is you showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so what happens after therapy? What home, How are you going to take the homework assignment or um, the lessons that you learn while you're in therapy? Like, how are you going to apply that to your life? That's what that's what matters. That's when you're actually putting in the work for um, building a better version of yourself. And um, going to therapy, yes, it you know, people can, you know, applaud it. You know, I applaud it, of course, clearly because I'm in it. But... It's more than just going to therapy saying it's not like a a, a trinket, mm-hmm. right? It's it's putting in work. Like you have mm-hmm. to put in work because the work is not because the therapist told you so. It's because you want to become a better person. Mm-hmm. And if you're truly committed to that process, and even though it might be scary what that looks mm-hmm. like on the other side, if you're committed to that process, then like you should definitely, well, one would think you see results. And um, but you have to be committed to in order for you to see results. Half assing it, your therapist will know, your inner self will know because you and feel the work like, will show. Or yes, not show. It, yes, absolutely. Your friends also will tell you, like, girl, you said you was in therapy, and I was thinking about it, but girl, they ain't doing nothing for you. Right. Like one of those little moments, the one of the real moments, and you know, you'll find out. But then, no, no. Um, so if you truly submit to the process, yes, and I. I have to, I have to, because in order for me to hold myself accountable, I have to fully commit to that. Mm-hmm. Like, just like anyone that says, um, let's go 50-50, like, you know, you meet me halfway. No, you have to be committed 100% to whatever the task or the obligation is. And, you know, once I see, going back to our conversation about who has more to lose or equally to lose, if I see that you're fully committed to something, then I'm going to give my 100% as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the 50-50 thing doesn't work. That means you're half-assing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with therapy. You don't want to half-ass your experience. You don't want to half-ass your growth. Mm-hmm. Growth is, you know, you want to give, put all the elements, all the chips on the table mm-hmm. to ensure that the growth is successful, not only successful, but legit and honest and genuine. You want a genuine growth. You don't want to grow just because someone says you should grow. You want to grow because you want to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and talk about some of the other things that you're doing um, and that has stemmed from uh, just 
this little itty bitty podcast that's all over all of the major platforms. So let's talk about some of the things that that, that have stemmed from um, just meeting someone and then it blossoming into a relationship that blossomed into an opportunity. There's been, um, and you'll find out on a later podcast, um, it's been multiple people that I've uh, met to on the podcast, JSR Media, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, has allowed me to move in different directions outside of the actual podcast originally itself. And as a result, has allowed it to pour back into the podcast as far as growth and just uh, recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I was saying earlier, naturally, I'm, I'm a host, um, usually hosting in my own house. Um Let's we'll talk kick- about them kickbacks. Little kickbacks. The kickbacks at my house is an experience. It's lit, man. Like because they're cool. They're lit. They're lit because I'll be overthinking shit, and so <laughs> that's when overthinking comes to my wow as yes. an advantage. Um, like I literally think about all the horrible experiences I've had as a guest at a host event, and I'm not going to name anyone specific or any entity specifically, but um, just knowing that. I look at it from this approach, from this perspective, rather. I treat people how I want to be treated mm. in general. Mm. Um, and so when someone hosts, I'm going to treat them the way I would want, feel comfortable being treated Absolutely. as a guest. Mm. And so um, for those individuals that, you know, or those individual times, rather, where I'm hosting something, I'm literally thinking of everything I can think of. Mm-hmm. Even if I have to spend, you know, additional money to, you know, put, you know, put out for food and things like mm-hmm. that. I don't mind doing that because my goal is to make sure everyone's comfortable, mm-hmm. have a good time. Because as a person, as an entrepreneur uh, that you know works a nine to five, worked mm-hmm. a nine to five, is working nine to five now um, to pay the bills, show. Um, <laughs> but I understand what it's like to just be able to escape mm-hmm. and not necessarily without traveling, just being able to escape within your circle of friends and things like that. So I want to make sure that every kickback. That I have is memorable. Um, I, lo- I love blending um, my friend groups together. Um, people that's new to the city, uh, I love bringing them into the mix, just allowing them to network and connect. They all crazy. All of them, including the one that's speaking. So, <laughs> yes, I love bringing crazy people together because it makes all of us sane. So, um, but yes, kickbacks are a real thing. What was the? Where were we going with this? Okay. We wouldn't. I, I said we was gonna come back to the kickbacks. Then you just took the kickbacks uh, yeah. on. But what, what was the original? Uh, shit, I don't remember. It's cool. Okay, it's great. So it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, shit. Mm. Shout out to an aviation station because now I can't remember where I was going. Maybe it wasn't because of an aviation station. <laughs> it wasn't because of an aviation station. Yes, it was. And that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Um, huh? No, I was looking. I said something correct. <laughs> let's talk about... Um, fuck. I don't know what else to talk about. What else you want to talk about? I mean, I'm good. I mean, I know y'all can follow me if y'all want to follow me. I'm not there yet. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like we're missing something. We um, talked about everything. I'm. I mean, I'm gay. 
Um, yeah, we talked about that already. Um, <laughs> I have multiple businesses. We talked about that already. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> we're at the Business Lounge, Dallas. We didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. So where are we again? The Business Lounge, Dallas, in Farmers Branch, Texas, which is basically Dallas. It's Dallas, Texas. 635 and uh, Dallas North Way for people that want to look at it on Google Maps or Apple Maps, whatever your preference. Ways, cool. Shout out to you, people. Um, but like, um, yes, Business Lounge Dallas. We started this relationship. All of our relationships have a unique beginning, and it all is um, it is all encompassing. It's, it, it, I'm just reflecting right now, thinking about it in hindsight. All of them came together based on my personality and or something, a strength that was like, you know, exuding. Mm. Um, and so like um, Roe Ro Strickland, owner of the Business Lounge. Yes. Shout out to her. Let me get in the last name. Right. Um, she was, uh, I was here and I have my own um, product called Yodabyte. And um, yes, this way we use it. We use it in, in the studio. It's, it's actually right there. And so <laughs> it's unplugged. Somebody unplugged it. I'm about to talk to them about that. I'm going to get management involved. Um, <laughs> Has that take productions the way I unplugged it? I forgot what the fuck it was. <laughs> Wait, um, there's that product placement. It's not recording, so it doesn't matter. Huh? It's, it's not recording, it doesn't matter. No, I'm saying, is that, no, I'm saying, is that product placement? It's not even in the shot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, dropping names. Yoda Bite, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, um, is one of the products that came out with um, my visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an inventor. I love um, coming up with unique concepts. Um, uh, the market at the time when Yoda Bite came out, was in need uh, that was just like a smart home boom um, as far as like how to smartify your home um, and I, my my big thing was smartifying your home on a budget because there was different solutions that the market as in the IT market was offering and a lot of people were either on two sides of the fence they were like oh I want to get it I don't know what the fuck it does but I just want to get it because I want the latest shit other side was like I don't need all that shit because I don't even know what the fuck it do and it's just unnecessary money being spent. So you have to, when, anything that you introduce to the market, any product you introduce to the market, you have to have like, why am I introducing it? Mm-hmm. Who is my audience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so with Yodabyte, um, it was definitely for the people that was, I would say, a level one um, smart home um, connoisseur. Right? So they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to smartify their home without breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. So this will be like an introduction to the smart home. Converting your, your dumb home to a smart home. And the Yodabai would be the answer. What Yodabai was the answer to that that uh, dilemma. Yeah. And it still is. Still is. I mean, because it works. It, it works. still works. I mean, I told you, you know, the ones that you gave me, yeah, I, my grandmother stuffed them for me. So... <laughs> So, um, her a few items in her home is using the other bite. So, shout out to that. Shout out to that. Shout out to that. So, any other inventions down the pipeline should we be looking for? Um, I'm in the process of uh, creating a black owned, affordable smart mirror, smirror, project smirror. (laughs) 
Yes. The name probably will not, <laughs> marketing probably will change the name, but I'm calling it Project Smear. Um, it's a smart mirror, and then you know, there's different iterations of smart mirrors that are out there. Um, there's those smart mirrors that just have lights on it, LED lights around them where you can turn it on, and it's considered a smart mirror. Um, there are smart mirrors that are uh, workout friendly. Uh, um, I forgot the brand that actually does that, that's mainstream. Um, but they have a it's okay, we don't need to drop their names, but. <laughs> Um, they're doing their thing with their smart mirror where, you know, it's workout friendly where you can mm-hmm. work out in front of the mirror um, and it has a screen behind it. And, you know, it's, it's literally branded for working out. It doesn't do much of anything else. Um, and nothing wrong with that. But the most uh, s- smart mirrors on the market are specifically branded to something, right? To a need, a call, an action, call to action, right? I wanted to create a smart mirror that, like I said, black owned, that's affordable and um, to mainstream it, to be able to get people to understand the relevance or the importance of having a smart mirror. Like, you know, being able to have um, makeup tutorials or um, just certain subscriptions that, you know, I can bring other companies into um, based on, you know, what their digital presence is just being able to offer that as a service to people that have a smart mirror. And uh, that is something I'm actively working on. You know, again, I'm a visionary. I like, I have an engineer because of my dad being an engineer. Um, his, his engineering was more so the mechanics like cars and things, but my mind um, is slightly tweaked because technology is what drives me. And so the mechanics, the, the engineering part is more so tailored towards the technology and how it works. And that's why I've always been intrigued by that. And so um, the technology and the smart mirror, again, everything's come full full circle. I understand the entertainment part, like the need from a social perspective. And then from a technology perspective, how to program it, doing the, line, the coding, the lining of all of that. And then um, most of the two main driving factors on that <laughs> so we we were talking about what um doing this podcast has uh been able to do as far as affording relationships and starting other opportunities um any other opportunities that you want to speak on specifically that you're currently doing? yeah so one of the people that you were uh you will end up hearing from um her name is aqua she Aqua Bay. Yes, Aqua Bay. Um, shout out to Aqua and uh, all, of her, <laughs> all her bayness. Uh, <laughs> so she's uh, it's actually awarded me the opportunity to be part of the MTS Network. Shout out to MTS Network. Uh, but like, uh, two names in a row. But no, I've actually become the, the new host, uh, sub host, co host. Co-host. Co-host. co-host to sub host. To um, <laughs> creating. Just making up words. You know, we're just here. Uh, the, the co host to the MTS Network presenting the talent show and reverse happy hour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that being said, I'm the person responsible, uh, hosted with, of course, the, the main host, uh, Aqua, of just making sure. Aqua Bay. Aqua Bay. Uh, making sure that, you know, we bring in new talent to, you know, it's in Arlington. Arlington. And um, <laughs> I was Arlington, Texas. <laughs> 
Shout out to New Mexico. So um, I, <laughs> I lived in Texas uh, where everything goes down at Two Cheese. And, um, on Wednesday nights. Hmm? On Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday. They have different, they're going to, moving forward, they're going to have different themes. But I am host, I, I do uh, co-host there with them. But like, you know, it's just, a, it's, I call it the Wednesday kickback, right? And so I, I appreciate them for recognizing, you know, my talent. They they came to me about it and saying like you know you would make a great you know co-host and so I um, I even though you know how we talked about roles like I'm talking to the camera you know we talked about how you know I'll, you project certain things in your life and it doesn't go in that trajectory and you just kind of kind of pivot and go with the flow mm-hmm. all those moments all those skill sets that I've learned literally has been paying off in this role. Technology wise, hosting wise, just being witty and, and even in the, even in in the hosting, um, you, you're still wearing the tag hat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it, it's like it's a full circle. Yep, full That's circle. What I'm you 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 are the the one being that has um, many aspects to it. Right? So. Exactly. Got it, got it. Good, good. Where can we find this podcast? Um, to tell, tell, tell the people where can they find it? So JSR Media on Instagram. Okay. Currently, um, the website is under construction. And it will be available when the video episodes, the visuals are up, uh, are yep. uploaded we'll and be, ready for it. for consumption of that element. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, and then you can follow me. On Insta Media, Insta Media. Ooh, I just made one up. Insta Media, Instagram. Uh, to the number numerical two, silly S I L E E numerical four U on Instagram. Insta awesome, Media. awesome, awesome, awesome. And I'm on Facebook, just Jeremy J A R E M Y. Oh Lord, please put that A in there. Yes, yeah, so baby, you gonna find a whole nother uh, individual that's <laughs> that lives in Pennsylvania. So, what have you learned? Um, about this process, what well, you've learned about yourself through this process? Two things: um, consistency mm-hmm. yields results mm-hmm. and products, um, and al- allowing people to be themselves in a space that you create. Mm-hmm. To allow to produce what looks like golden, not not looks like what is mm-hmm. nuggets for individuals to consume, mm-hmm. right? And so, like if you cultivate an environment, so I know even starting off with the first one, I've learned first podcast prior to this one. Um, no, this one not we're not, we're not shooting in numerical order. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're not shooting in order. So, like, there's the element. Come on, bring the TV to the podcast. <laughs> Brian. So, um, <laughs> Brian. Um, yeah, so I've learned that um, creating a safe turn-up environment. Safe turn-up environment. Allows individuals to feel very comfortable at our podcast, and you will see that. I don't want to keep looking at the camera. Um, you'll see that in our later podcasts that um, we literally have a disclaimer for everyone that comes on the show. We literally aim to make sure that everyone laughs 
has a good time, smiles in any form, whether it's just like a brief smile, like, mm-hmm, or like a girl on the slow laughing, come get the paramedics. Right. Like, like th- that's that's the culture I aim to create. And I also feel proud. I feel proud being able to, I'll, because of my consistency, other people see that, other guests see that, and they say, you know what, I want to be on the show too. I want to see. I want to talk about something. You know, and you know something that I'm I'm, I'm a firm believer in is laughter is definitely the key to happiness. It's definitely the best medicine. For sure. I, I definitely do believe that um, because you can be in a fucked up mood, um, and somebody make you laugh like that gut wrenching laugh. Absolutely. And I'm usually it the one would the, the definitely will change your mood 1,000%. But I think that's also, I mean, strangers can do that for sure. Like just various random moments that you have with people on the street or uh, people watch. Oh, yes. People watch, watching is therapeutic for me. Um, but also um, there is the element of being able to uh, identify the certain friends that you have in your circle. Mm-hmm. And you know everyone has different roles in your friend circle, mm-hmm. and but again, that's the boundaries you set mm-hmm. when you you know in life, identifying who can do what for you, and then being consistent and have a a, a rapport with them because you know friendships are are a relationship, and there is work to be done. It's still going. There's there's work to be done um, to maintain that relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's that too, child. Hmm. Okay. Okay, okay. So, one last question, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Where is Jeremy wanting to see his life in the next 10 years? What kind of deep-ass question is that? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll make it short of five years. That's a deep question. Um, five years put me at 40. Oh, this fuck. Ooh, come on, Medusa. So, um, <laughs> I would say shout out to her, but she's so gone. Anyway, so. <laughs> shout out to an inebriation station for these drinks. Boom. So, I, um, five years. Honestly, um, one of my things, again, you know, we talked about how Life be life in, mm-hmm. and uh, what you initially had in store for you uh, can change literally at an instant. And so, for me, I'm not going to look at the this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. this is what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. And this kind of just opens up everything. Um, I expect to be able to influence people in a level that I could never achieve. At the age of thirty, mm-hmm. I expect to. And at the age of thirty-five, when I get in five years, when I'm forty, mm-hmm. I want to be able to. I may not be the richest motherfucker that's on this planet. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But at the age of forty, I want to be comfortable, less worrisome. I want to be able to, again, like I said, inspire the masses in a way that I could never do so by my social influence, which I know is growing, even with this podcast. It's, it's growing in a way that I was not able and to. And it's predict. not even, you know, at the time of recording, it's not published yet. It's not even published yet. Right. It's, it's already re, it's already 
shown growth right. in that area, in that arena. Just wait till the actual budget falls all the way into place. <laughs> Baby, it's about to go do a one-two Sierra one-two step. Like it's just gonna it's gonna just go ahead and transition. You know, it's gonna just to take off. For sure. Yeah. Um in addition to that, I want to get to that point to where, because um, my mother, God bless her, she is, uh, you know, she take care of my sister, and my brother, um, my sister and her kids. She has kids now, my niece and ne- my nephew Avery and Erica, and um, I want to retire. Yeah, the kids are still the things, you know, when they're good. Um, it's no such thing as a bad child. I don't know about that. I've seen to see the chalky, <laughs> chalky. I've seen to see the chalky. Um, the spine of Chucky. I I've, I want to retire her. Mm-hmm. I want her to explore the world. I want her to live worry free. And I am in the process of training her to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She's always been in the. I need to work to earn, and you should always hold on to that. But there's different ways of obtaining money without going to a nine to five. And right. and so I'm I'm in the process of. Again, paying it forward, mm-hmm. the knowledge that I have as her son, mm-hmm. I was blessed to be in a situation to where I could be an entrepreneur for a couple years mm-hmm. without being in the corporate realm. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned from that and bestowing that knowledge onto her, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. And so I want to be able to not only make her life more easier, mm-hmm. but also create this generational wealth. Absolutely. That's and, important. And just S Corp to where... All of our business that we have currently now that we're living, we're thriving, doing our thing, being able to pass down something to our generation. So this is beyond the five year thing right. we mentioned, but um, but it's definitely all in queue, mm-hmm. right? So the next major milestone will be forty, thirty, five years from now, and then from there, being able to um, really just beef up and ramp up the whole generational mm-hmm. wealth idea. So I lied. That wasn't the last question. Um, it's it's well, you know, Jiggas be lying. Yeah, that part. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you were an, an actor. So I'm an do, actor. We, do you see that um, making more of a presence in your in your life? The splash effect is real. Um, I feel that. Um, Again, you know how, again, life be life in. Mm-hmm. And you be taking, sometimes, a lot of times, you're taking on taking on paths or taken into a path mm-hmm. that you may not have expected to be in, mm-hmm. or be on, rather. And um, acting is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or I should backtrack for a second. Being in entertainment mm-hmm. on in a more official scale mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I did not expect to be into. It... Um, I've seen, you know, being a host, there's little indicators that, you know, that could lead you to something. Mm-hmm. Unofficially, I was a host. Unofficially, I was a bartender before I became a bartender and a mixologist. I was doing that all, all unofficially. Mm-hmm. And then certain events in your life mm-hmm. require you to cross that bridge onto mm-hmm. the other side where it completes that process. Mm-hmm. So being an unofficial bartender... Mm-hmm. And then becoming a, a graduated mixologist, mm-hmm. right? Being an unofficial host for the various events that's at my house. Mm-hmm. And now hosting officially Wednesday nights 
for the MCS network. Like there's there's a It's going to be more nights. There's gonna be more nights. <laughs> Not you know, whether it's MCS or beyond, like there's gonna be right. I, I, I see that now. Mm-hmm. And so there's an undergrad and graduate process. Mm-hmm. There's precursors and then once you recognize the precursors, we move into the space to where we own our shit. And I think that's big in our life is owning our shit. And so whether it's um, something that you didn't feel that you would own, like for me, it was the pre-med, initially going into pre-med. Yeah. And never even going down a tangent because technology was the baby that was going to actually be the, the, the catalyst for every interaction that I had since then. And it's been true to this day. Um, that's where I see myself um, okay. and the influence I have. At this current moment. Okay. Okay. It's something that I wanted to make sure that um, I tell you. I mean, you mentioned this um, earlier with, with, with pouring into um, other Others. people. Yes. Um, I want to thank you for pouring into me. In uh, I don't way? know if you realize that. In what capacity? Uh, um, just being there in... Um, some difficult times that I have had, um, hell, the last month, you know, I can go as far back as six months, you know what I mean? Just what I have experienced over the, these last few months, you've definitely been, um, a great deal of comfort, support, um, um, have definitely helped in, on with my mental, um, and I'm appreciative of that. Um, so extra. <laughs> it's just so extra. It was appropriate. Oh, my God. Um, but I am very appreciative, and I want you to know that. Um, and in front of the people, I can say that, because I've said that to you privately, um, but I, I do want you to know that in front of the people. I am appreciative of you. Well, um, I received that, and thank you for that um, moment of cur- being courageous enough to say that, because, you know, it's going to be, you know, air in front of everyone. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's very brave. Um, I can also go on to record and say that, you know, I've, you know I'm appreciative of you and uh, the various contributions you've had to my life in regards to just exposure, um, just um, elevation and confidence through the things that I've gone through, which, you know, I, I can't get into that at a different podcast, I guess, but, uh, um, this one has already been six hours long. It's definitely <laughs> been over the, this is definitely qualifying as the longest podcast and it's going to be chopped up. Some of our equipment failed. So we're going to have to make, make the best use of what we have. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I think, um, both of us have a good, uh, yin and yang. For sure. Um, definitely. Um, there's not a moment in time where I felt, again, going back to the whole having just as much to lose and things like that, uh, always evaluating your relationships with any individual you have and um, recognizing that you have to step up for the friends that are there to support you. Like, you know, recognizing who's there for you, Mm -hmm. uh, what contribution they offer to your life mm-hmm. and how you can enhance it in the way that, you know, does it put you um, too far outside of, you know, your livelihood? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just 
those elements plus more, um, those are important to recognize and to be able to, um, I guess just pour into mm-hmm. like fully like Definitely. for sure. Give yourself into mm-hmm. that's it. Gotcha. 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 Well, I think we can go ahead and end this nine hour podcast. It's not nine hours, it's but it's definitely getting two. It's, it's definitely long. The longest one as it should be. As I it think. should be because it's as me. It as it should be. Um, again, I am this guy. Send this guy back. Um, again, I am your boy RJ, and you have been tuned in and listening to and watching You gonna let me close this out? Thank you. Again, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Throw it away and quit. I quit. I can't take this abuse. Okay. You have been tuned in to a very special episode of Jigaset Radio. I'm your boy RJ, and we out this bitch. <laughs> Thank y'all for sending in. <laughs>